know who Caitlin Clark is. I do. I do know. This this feels like a TikTok meme, but yeah, okay. No. <laughs> I, I so do I know ha- who Caitlin Clark is. So I, I, I now know I have a problem with my feed, with whatever information feed that I'm getting. <laughs> yeah. Because as of a week ago, I didn't know who Caitlin Clark was. And now I'm ashamed of it. Don't you subscribe to like college basketball and stuff? I don't watch a lot of women's college basketball and shame on me for this, but I don't. And, and my wife was, was talking about Caitlin Clark. And I said, who? And she, she's like, are are you an idiot? Like, what is wrong with you? And then literally in a matter of seconds, because we were watching the NBA all-star game, if if that is such a thing. (laughs) I don't even know that that's a game. (laughs) And then there's, there's a woman there in an Iowa Hawkeyes uniform. And my wife says, that's Caitlin Clark. I'm like, yeah. You just were talking about Caitlin Clark. And then the next day it's in morning brew, Caitlin Clark. Yeah. So you're going to be a TikTok meme tomorrow, my friend. Well, no, I, I'm just saying <laughs> that somebody has to help me with my informational flow because it's blocked. <laughs> Now, for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to This Old Marketing, proudly brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. And I'm Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 416 for Friday, February 23rd, 2024. I'm already out of breath. All right. And with me, as always, as he always is, my pal, my friend, my colleague, and a guy, well, he won't be a bitch and come to the floor Mr. Joe Polizzi, get on in here. Jeez, <laughs> oh, you gotta. This is a family show. No, it is not. It is it, not a family it, show. It, it should, Have you heard it? it? Have be. you heard the new Beyonce song? I, I love this move. Ah, it's so she's great. And it's now, in hindsight, it seems obvious. Like, why wouldn't Beyonce want to dominate the country charts as well? Just to show that she can, right? Just, Just to, to show, show that she can, because right. she's done all the things except get album of the year. For Grammys, yeah. but she's yeah. done every everything else. As Jay Z pointed out at the Grammys, she has not won that award, but she's won thirty some other awards. Yeah, but now uh, she, uh, I, she's wonderful. Yeah, first black yes. woman to top the country charts with this song. I mean, and That's the hard song to believe is too. It's Actually. it's it's really the song is. I mean, I'm a country music fan, and the the song is just fun. It's it's interesting. I have a question for you though. Oh geez. So. I'm looking. <laughs> I hope I so, know. Well, <laughs> you're you're part it. of the young crowd. You're part of the young people crowd. So now, when I go look for, and Beyonce is the first time I've seen this, I go look for the music video because I'm a Gen Xer, and so that's what I do. I go look for the music video, and there is a Vivo music video for the thing, but it's a fan created music video. The only official video that I seem to be able to find is something called a visualizer. Have you heard about this? A, a, a music visualizer, which is basically just a GIF. I mean, it's it's a repeating video. It takes like 12 seconds and then it repeats yeah. and repeats for the whole song. Is that is that a thing now or what am I what am I missing here? I Well, I saw the same thing you did and 
I was like, okay, a visualizer is we don't have our collective stuff together yet to do the video. Ah. So we're going to do this. And basically what this visualizer is, is a, it's just a little clip of Beyonce over and over and over again while you listen to the um for the, the song yeah the song yeah so that's what i it, it's it the visualizer is before the teaser before the trailer i see right but I, I did she make it i don't know maybe she made it up i'm sure it's a thing and by the way i'm not in like i don't i just learned what sus is like i don't know <laughs> I, we had this conversation last episode yeah. i'm i'm just catching up yeah i'm just trying to oh here i have something for you you, you we t I think we talked about this while we were at the event last week. Okay. I didn't know what doom scrolling was. Well, that's just I mean that's old. That's what? that's not Gen Z. That's millennial stuff, right? So doom I'm scrolling. literally yeah. uh, like I'm starting with the whole Caitlin Clark thing and now <laughs> into doom scrolling. I'm concerned yeah. that the way that I access information is faulty somehow. I'm doing it wrong. I think the way you phrased it was that your flow was blocked, and I was going to tell you that there's a pill for that. <laughs> you can actually. <laughs> I need a prescription. Yeah, actually, you... I think, yeah, I'm going to go on Hims and yeah. get a prescription. There you for go. That. To uh, get you not, This is not sponsored. Yeah. yeah, this is not sponsored by Hims. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I, I, I'm not, I'm not up on the the lingo, the, <laughs> the kid, the kid lingo, if you will. So I'm, I'm yes. a bit concerned, but I, I'm, boy, Beyonce. It's, I'm I'm very impressed. She's so here's what she probably will win win album of the year at the Grammys for country album. When at the next year you're saying next year, right. next yeah. year she's yeah. setting it up that way. She's setting it up. You if think they so. even go? Yeah. If they even yeah. go because they let as you know. I don't think Daisy the whole album the award is country, and they though. left. I don't. Oh, I I thought it was like a whole country thing. It's just I two country songs. Think so. I mean, so here's the thing. I'm not a Beyonce fan. Never have been a Beyonce fan. I mean, I, I shame on not you. that I dislike her music. I think she makes great, wonderful music, but I just never have been sort of a follower of it. But this is great. But I believe the album is other things. I think this is sort of a an anomaly on the album. Maybe we should put out a a country album. album? Yeah, there that that we actually good. talked at one time about putting out a marketing album. That was my stupid we did. idea. Yeah. And you said whatever. I think like, I'll put anything to music. Yeah, but we could do it. We didn't. Nobody wants we, this. We could do it. Nobody wants. But, it. By the way, it was great to see you. It was great to we see did. you. We did. We got to see social each other media person. marketing world. We yeah. we hung out a little bit. Uh, so do you have? Okay, we we both uh, went to sessions. We got to meet with lots of our friends and wonderful people. So yes. good crowd in San Diego. Uh, what is? Do you have a renewed take? on what's going on with social media marketing? Do you have any thoughts that just hit you? Any trends? What do you think? Yeah, well, there was a lot of talk of, it was interesting because it seemed, it seemed that the talk talks that, that I attended anyway, I mean, there was so much on AI. Of course, AI sort yes. of dominated everything. But beyond that, I saw a lot of talks that were either, it was sort of a, uh, extreme ends of a spectrum, right? So one end of the spectrum was hacks, shortcuts, uh, algorithm, you know, tweaks, you know, so, you know, sort of how do you deal with, uh, and a lot on video, a lot of obviously for YouTube, for TikTok, for those kinds of things. And then the other was sort of deeper uh, content, deeper strategy around, you know, that. And then of course, intermixed in that AI. So I felt like what was, what was thankfully I think missing was 
anybody saying you should really move your presence to social media. I think we've finally seen the end of sort of move your presence to social media, have, you know, build your community, build your audience, build, you know, there wasn't any of that, right? It was all about promotion, 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 and here's the hacks to get to the top of the algorithm or deep, thoughtful strategy about content, uh, full stop. It's almost like if you're a social media marketer in 24, you know that you've been defeated by the algorithms and the platforms and you have no rights. And, and, they, so and everybody right. knows this now. And it's yeah. like, we've been talking about it forever, obviously. Like, hey, be careful, rented land. Everybody's got it. Even Mike Stelzner in his opening keynote, he, he, he was really talking about they moved to have their core asset be their newsletters. Yeah. A, a social media marketing media company yep. is moving everything over to email because of the control, because we want opt-in subscribers, because it leads to behavior change and those types of things we've been discussing. So it's interesting. Now it seems that your involvement in social media properties needs, you need to move it as fast as you can because tomorrow may be a whole new day and you lose access to everything. It's a perfect, it's a, and the perfect example of that, and I know she talked to you because she told me she talked to you, was someone in the crowd who came up to me after my talk <clears throat> and said, hey, I'm a Gen Xer, and I have, you know, uh, I, and she told me this story about how she started this uh, community on Facebook, this Facebook page about Gen Xers and, you know, Gen X, especially Gen X parents and what they yeah. were dealing with as, as parents. That's right. And, uh, and she said, and I literally turned around one day and it was 440,000 people on my Facebook page. And she's like, I, and I don't know what to do. She's like, I'm just overwhelmed. What do I do next? And, you know, I said, you know, my, the first word out of my mouth was email. You've got to start flowing people to an email list. And she goes, she started laughing. She goes, that's exactly what your colleague just told me. <laughs> she just, you know, she just, that's exactly what Joe just told me. And I'm like, okay, so I'm a little concerned that she came up to me and asked me for advice, but wasn't quite sure. So then she goes to your she session. Knows. She knows, <laughs> she, she knows, she knows, she knows where the, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you're, you, your, your presentations are a little bit more mature than mine. Let's just put it that way. That, that's the nice way. To, that's mature. The nice way to start. They're, more, they're mature. more mature. They're, they are. They're, they're more grounded they're, in they're, adultery. No, wait, yeah, no see, that's not adulting. They're, right. <laughs> right. they're, they're older is what hey, you're suggesting. Is it? They're, they're no, older. no, no. Yeah, hey, yeah. your, your presentations are always so much better designed than mine. It's like, uh, okay. So on that score, can we just talk about, Andrew Davis for a second here. I oh mean, my. it's that's by just the way, Andrew annoyingly Davis will be good. Andrew Davis, who will be our opening keynote at Content Entrepreneur Expo. Yeah. And he's he's doing this digital doppelganger speech, which so you and I have been professional speakers for for 15, 20 years. We've been doing yeah, this. I don't know about professional, but yeah, whatever. speakers for sure. Yeah. We get paid for it on occasion. That, on occasion. On an occasion, we get paid pretty well. That's right. Sometimes we don't, but so we are, I would consider ourselves professional speakers in some manner. We aren't even in the same ballpark as no. Andrew Davis. Oh, yeah. Um, He's, I mean. So just to give you an idea of behind the scenes, uh, my wife and I, we we did a walk in the morning and we went and got coffee and we were walking down the hall. And this is early, early morning, San Diego. He's, you know, and, and Drew's on East Coast time as well, like us. And Drew is in the corner. He's got his note cards down. He's going through his presentation. This presentation that he's done a hundred times. Yeah. 
he's still working on it and everyone is different and he's meticulous. And I, I just, it's, I'm just amazed to see that kind of dedication to it's, an art and a profession like Drew Davis. He it's, it's a, and the, and to, to the, the, the way that he uses visuals in a very text heavy, because it's all about AI and about prompting and about mm. getting text back and, and the jokes that are in there. So it's very text heavy, but he just, he makes yeah. it work so beautifully on the screen. You never like squinting. You're never like, you know, now the slides would be useless, right? The slides that you would get from that would be useless. So as a That's session right. talk, it wouldn't be that great. But as a keynote, it is, it is chef's kiss good. So if you're ever looking for a keynote speaker, yeah, uh, oh, I yeah. highly recommend he's, Andrew he's Davis. He's the guy. He's the guy. So, and then speak, just speaking of, of CEX and Content Entrepreneur Expo, you and I have been talking for a while that we're doing, we have the, the opening oh, yeah. kickoff to CEX right. and that we're going to do this old marketing live. And even you didn't know who the guest was because That's right. I, because this, we're announcing this, this is big news. Yeah. So here's how we're going to do it. We want one you. or two of our listeners to be our guest mm -hmm. at CEX. We really want this to happen. So if you ever wanted to be a part of this show, and by the way, you all should know we don't have guests. We, right. We don't. Right. We've had two in the entirety been, of the run of the show. It's sort of been accidental. But so we've and those have been live shows. Um, so here's what we're going, going to do. If you go and register and sign up at CEX, Content Entrepreneur Expo, May 5th through 7th, Cleveland, Ohio, and you use the coupon code TOM100. It stands for this old marketing. TOM100. First of all, you save $100 off at CEX.events. Yep. Save hundred and if you use that code and you have to use that code to get in, once you do that, you will be you'll be in the drawing and you will have a chance to be our guest. So we want to make sure you do that. That sign up goes until the end of March. So you have four weeks, four or five weeks. So end of March. Make sure so we I don't can do give math. You yeah, whatever, whatever it is. So go to so use the coupon <laughs> code Tom one hundred. You get a hundred dollars off. So that's our gift. As part of that, but also we want. I thought this was a cool idea. Do you like this idea? I think it's cool. I think I it's have our listeners. On. I, you look. I think this this is going to go one of two ways. This is going to be an amazing <laughs> thing, or it's going to be a train wreck. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah, I. I don't know what's your money on. No, we won't say that. It's yeah. going to be. But it's I know gonna... a lot of you have been reaching out to us a lot about being a guest. Yeah. Uh, this old marketing we say we'd love to but we don't now we're going to do but we want to do it in person on, and we're on going stage. to do it in front on stage and either way you will be in front of people so if you're stage shy or whatever that just know that that you know that if you're triggered by that at all but, but no we'll, yeah no difficult questions or no anything. hard questions gonna, no it's no going to be questions we're just going to have be silliness yeah it'll be total silliness there'll be people drinking alcohol i'm sure and so that's nobody's right he's really going to see it it's gonna but it's going to be fun <laughs> it's going to be it. so go to cex.events sign up yeah and you can be a speaker be just like bj novak and i'm excited to see him by the way um, yeah he seems it's like gonna a be very great thoughtful he's, he's... person is he i i i mean from what i've seen of him in interviews okay. i mean mostly right. i just know him from the office i know him from his writing i've you know he's got that one he's an amazing book out he's yeah. an amazing writer yeah. um so i just and that's what he's really going to talk about he's going to talk about you know what what his thoughts are as as a writer creator mm -hmm. And moving forward, and AI, and all the other stuff that we're going to be 
be covering. So speaking of which, we've got a big show. Let's we've do it. A, what do we we've got? got a big show. We're going to talk about our big story for the week, which, of course, is going to be the wild week that was artificial intelligence. There was a whole ton of stuff that happened while Joe was off getting his suntan. And we're just <laughs> going to look at all of that kind of stuff. Then we'll pay some bills and we'll get to the rest of the news, of course. And the rest of the news is really about this weird monetization thing that's happening with podcasting right now. And there's a great video that we'll link to in the show notes. And of course, we'll talk a little bit about what might be really going on there. Then we'll get to our new segment, which of course is Hits and Misses, where we talk about hits in marketing or misses in marketing. And my hit, spoiler alert, is going to be on Paramount Plus and their streaming network. And Joe's going to talk about NVIDIA. And of I'm going to let you yes, yes, of course, about what that's going to be. And then, of course everybody's favorite section, our rants and rave section, where we go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave. And I'm going to have some commentary about the New York Times' new ad tool. And Joe, as usual, as he always does, is either going to talk about print marketing and print magazines or who else? Billy Joel. So I'll let you guess. I, oh, come on. Two. I don't. Like Billy Joel has only been talked about three or four, seven times on this show. It has or, not been excessive. Yeah, it's not three, like four, NFL seven. excessive. Right. Three, four, seven, 12, a hundred. We don't know. We don't. By the know. way, I have to mention, cause we were talking about social media marketing world. I had like yeah. seven people come up to me and they don't, they just say NFL or they do NFL. <laughs> it's that's it. That's all they do. So I don't know what to tell you there. T O M it's in the game. <laughs> For any of you who are NFL, anyway, that's a video game yeah, reference. But okay, yeah. okay, Let, let's get to our big story, which was, of course, the wild week in AI. And a number of things happened last week, including the fact that OpenAI launched their new video tool, Sora, uh, which isn't really launched to the world. It's really launched to uh, really a red team right now that's going to go through and check things and make sure it's all safe for everybody. A red team? Gonna... Is that like the red team in Star Wars red team? A little bit. Red... Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Red seven. Yeah. Red seven. Red... Okay. <laughs> they're there to make sure things are going to be safe. Um, and the same week, and in fact, on the same day, Google launched their new AI tool, which is now called... Uh, I think Gemini, Sagittarius, Ultra Super Far Out X Plus to the Max. I think, you know, that's the new official product name. Uh, Gem Google, of course, with its rolls off uh, the tongue. Wonderful, yeah, it just rolls right off the tongue. It's not available yet because why? Well, their new, new, new old kind of solution, which is Gemini, is now available in Google Workspaces, which also was announced last week. Google, you know, right on top of it with their PR release timing. Um, anyway, we'll talk about all of that, but let's start with an article that comes to us courtesy of The Verge. And it is about OpenAI and Sora, the text-to-video uh, modeling idea. And so as the article says, OpenAI is launching a new video generation model, and it's called Sora. The AI company says Sora can create realistic and imaginative scenes from text instructions. The text-to-video model allows users to create photorealistic videos up to one minute long, based on prompts that are written. Sora is capable of creating complex scenes. This is a quote, complex scenes with multiple characters, specific types of motion, and accurate details of the subject and background. Uh, the company also notes that the model can understand how objects exist in the real physical world. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to just go ahead and call bullshit on that, uh, as well as accurately interpret props and generate compelling characters that express vibrant emotions. Um, they had a bunch of examples of this on their website and that they're sort of including in articles here so do you have a take on this do you have a do you have a do you have, i mean what's what's your initial impression of 
text to video in AI. Did you see Mr. Beast's tweet? Oh my god, it was so good. It so was so Sam, good. Uh, Sam, please yeah. don't make me homeless. That's that right. Was Mr. Beast's tweet, which yeah. which uh, which pretty much sums up the entire situation for creators. Yeah. Uh, look, but then it, did you see? But did you see Sam Altman replied? No, Sam I didn't. Altman, what, what did Sam yeah, say? So Sam Altman then replies to Mr. Beast and says, "Oh." Mr. Beast, what would you like? What kind of video would you like? I'll make one for you. And Mr. Beast says, I want a monkey playing chess in a park. And so, you know, you know, a few minutes later, here comes a video of a one minute video of a monkey playing chess in the park. And so much, and this is going to get to my take, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you continue there. It's so much of what is in that video is just so for me, the, quintessential where ai is now in creating content um but i'll talk about that in a second what were you going to say what's scary yeah. <laughs> i always it's funny all my comments start with what scares me the most yeah. um i always whenever i see something like this come out and it's if you look at the sample videos that sora is putting out i think they're pretty impressive to this date and that's what i want to uh, explain where I, I think about our friend Paul Ratzer, and he always says, remember, whatever you're watching or whatever you're reading, sure. that's AI influence is the dumbest AI that you'll ever see. Right. And there's already one out there that you haven't seen yet that's nine months smarter. And I'm going to talk about this later with the Billy Joel video as well. Yeah. Um, it, it's hard for me to fathom. Like, we're in an interesting time frame right now where we're never going to see this thing happen again. We are seeing just the, 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 a, a whole new group of beings being able to create this thing. And that's where, if you go back to Andrew Davis's session as well, he the way that he frames his is he is training his AI to become a better version of him and things that he doesn't want to do. And, well, let's be, and let's, right now it's a little bit of creative back and forth. But it's interesting to where we're going, where if if this keeps going, there's a lot of mundane tasks, different kinds of tasks, product, especially right now, production design tasks that no don't do not need to be done by human beings anymore. Right. So but let me make sure that that's clear, because what what you just said could be misinterpreted. OK, because what you just said was he's training AI to be a better version of him. I, I think it would be better said to say he's training AI so that he can be a better he can version be a of better himself. Version. That's how Drew would say it. He can be yes. a better version of himself and not have to do, because basically the whole point of Drew's talk is that he saves so much time on things that he didn't like to do anymore. Right. And he has his digital doppelganger do those things for him. That's right. And things so. like, you know, write a script for a promotional video for a talk that he's going to do at a, And, you know, so he, He's as he says in his talk, I'm going to spend 40 minutes uh, creating, you know, a script or 40, you know, and he says, I, he said he speaks, you know, 50 to 55 times every year. So if you multiply the number of promotional videos that he does by the number of times he speaks and 40 minutes to create a, a, a new promotional script for each one, it's hours, hours and hours and hours of time savings, right? Just having that done. And then he said, if you take it to its next level where he actually shows the, the not only the script but basically a digital version of himself giving the promotional video 
you know, with, you know, lip sync and the whole thing, he can do it in different languages. He can do it, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's quite impressive, right? So it's going to save him again, hours and hours of, of production time as well. So I think that's, that's really neat. Um, Yeah. My take on it is I look at it and I go, you know, I've been having a lot of fun with people posting up their art, mostly imagery stuff, uh, because it's just easier to see. And just how, I mean, yes, it's, it's impressive. Let me be very clear. The, the technology here is impressive, but at the same time, it's comical with, with, you know, I mean, even in the Mr. Beast tweet, there was a a response to that tweet from an animator, um, you know, who basically talked about all the things that were wrong with that particular video. And even if you look at their best examples, like the one that they, that everybody's showing is a woman walking through Tokyo uh, at night and it's it's beautiful, right? With the Tokyo lights, and it's just rained. It's very Blade Runner sort of looking with the reflections of the light in the street, and it's lovely. But there's some truly creepy, weird things happening in the background. Like, first of all, the people in the background have no faces, right? They're all they're all like out of that Star Trek episode where people can remove their faces. And the other thing is, is that the guy that's stalking her, there's a guy stalking her in the background, walking behind her with he's got two shoulder bags over the front. I mean, he, 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 it, it's, it's weird. Of course, the signs don't say anything. The, when she turns and her sunglasses, of course, the words don't say anything. I mean, there are, there are real indicators here, either purposely done or not purposely done that this is an AI generated image. So at useful, interesting, right? Artistic, Absolutely. Useful? Not sure yet. Not, not not sure how useful this particular technology is going to be ultimately. If and and the whole thing about there's a whole debate going on in the background with the technology about, you know, some of the AI experts going, eh, this whole claim that it can sense the physical world and then it can, you know, it understands the physics of the real world. I'm not sure about that. Certainly not in the demonstration. I mean, if you look at some of the videos, right, there's one of paper airplanes flying through a a forest and the paper airplanes are flying directly through the tree. I mean, they're literally flying through leaves, right? You know, magically turning into transporter beams or something. But anyway, it's, it's very impressive technology. But at the same time, I see immediately the limitations of this particular stage of it. And maybe to your point, maybe to your point, maybe it's just going to be that way because this is the dumbest we're going to see it and this is sort of the floppy disk of of you know of of what ai can truly be yeah i mean i'm yes there's limitations now but there won't be there won't be in the very i don't see that's what i think i believe in the very near future there will not be limitations that i could take a let's say a a script i could get a hollywood script and get it okay i'm gonna feed this in to soar or whatever application and it'll pump out an hour and 30 minute movie it's pretty darn good not great. When you Good. say soon, when you say soon, how soon do you think soon is? I think soon is within two years. I think that's no way. I think there's I think, no way of that. I think that I at at the at the way that the exponential learning that this thing is going on, and that we know that what we're seeing right now is at least nine months, probably more behind that we know that something is being created. But I, yeah, maybe I, I think we have no idea of what's happening here, that this is the actual end of the world happening <laughs> in front of us in real and we're time. not paying attention. Yeah. We're not, it's not going to cut. It's not a big bang. Yeah. Like, it's just going to be a slow demise. It is just like a fog of AI around us and we're not going to know. 
like i don't even know going into this election like even though the 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 ai powers that be are saying oh no we're going to protect the election and we're going to make sure the content does it's going to get nuts like yeah. i literally am thinking about do i need to leave the shores like do i need to be off <laughs> on a reservation somewhere to protect myself yeah am i going I, too far with that i mean a little bit yeah a little bit i think you're going a little <laughs> bit too far with that i think you're going to, i mean you could always you know i mean i know you're always looking for an excuse to get on a boat and go cruise around the caribbean I you love could just cruises you could just love go it. buy a boat and get on a boat and sail around the caribbean and and okay uh, i'm a, I'm a little yeah. little sidebar here just because yeah. i'm so fat you'll love the technology of this this is the first time i cruised on a princess cruise Okay. And they give the you a love boat. They get, instead of a card or key card or identification, they give you a little medallion, a little princess medallion. And like when you get close, you you have that medallion on you. When you get close to your room, your room unlocks. That's pretty cool. Like you don't have to slide. There's nothing. Yeah. Just well, get by closer. the way, by the way, that medallion has a locator on it. They know where you are at all times. That's right? what I'm going to. That's exactly yeah. right. So they're yeah. picking up all kinds. It's definitely big, big brother. But yeah. uh, we actually tried the locator so we were you know we, we were having a great time we were down at the pool yeah. we didn't want to get up because we're lazy and stand in line and go get drinks and you yeah. just order it and say deliver the drinks to me yeah and they it comes directly to you because they know where you are it's yeah. really weird and sick and the whole big brother thing but i got my drink and i didn't have to stand <laughs> up so that's what's important it's pretty cool I think it's pretty it was, cool. If you order a drink amazing. on your, what do you do that on your phone? Do you do that? Do you, you order do it? Drink you do it in the app. It says deliver to yeah. my room or deliver to my location. And they'll say, Oh, oh that's me. That's, that's wonderful. That's pretty good. That's it's, I'm going to say every, I talked to a lot of people on the, uh, there was, uh, uh, Lou Mangiello was on, he was doing a review of the princess stuff and he was saying, this is so big brother, but it's so cool that now I wonder like, Oh, okay. Do you connect the app to your medallion? The app is connected to your to your medallion. Yes. Okay, is it That's, knows it okay. knows where you? Because I wonder if it's the app. Actually, it's a little bit like DoorDash, right? Where it's the app that's showing your location rather than the medallion showing your location. Well, uh, yeah, they're anyway. they're synced up because it knows. Get a little whenever. bit into the weeds here, but if yeah. I yeah, if I open my app, it will tell me where I am gotcha. because of my medallion, not gotcha. because of the phone. But anyways, I just, yeah. I digress. Yes, well, yeah. I think it's I think it's I, I guess the thing. Look, we don't know where this whole AI thing is going to go, but I don't think we can downplay it at all. And because so, I hear what you're saying, I've seen some of the stuff we've talked about, some of the imagery yeah. that's come out yeah, of yeah, Dolly, yeah. and you're like, "This is what is this?" But we, I keep hearing that in my head. This is this is early, early, early. It is early, 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 early. It is early, 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 and I'm not sure where it's going. Um, I, I just feel it. Just feels like to me, and I don't know. I have zero data to back this up, but so this is all like totally just gut it feels to me like they're going to hit a ceiling here very quickly right that they're going that in other words it, it's that classic you know moving the needle from zero to 60 or zero to 70 is is moves very very quickly and then you hit a ceiling where moving the needle from 70 to 71 just takes longer and longer and longer and it's just that incremental levels of improvement just take longer because it's just harder something outpaces something where you can't you know and this was forever right with the uh, you know with with regards to chip size with regard to, yeah. you know there was moore's law and all of those things but at a certain level you've got to it, it starts to the curve starts to flatten i just have to believe that it the curve will start to flatten here for 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 this development as well so i wonder i, I they're questions they're well as i, I think i might say i'm just asking questions 
<laughs> I think for the for the marketers and content people in our audience, here's we we talk about events. I mean, you and I go to a lot of events, social yeah. media marketing world, content marketing world. We've got CEX, whatever. More and more, these conversations are about AI. These presentations are going on. Like, how do we? And I think if if we want to be successful marketers and content content creators in the future we have to understand these tools you have That's to true. spend 100%. you have to spend your 10 to 20% experimental time and get in there whether you like it or not and figure this things out whether you're going to you know do what Drew Davis says so you can free up your time or be more original or work on the good things or just keep your job yep well and just remember this just remember this this I wrote a piece on this ai is not a strategy AI is an innovation looking for a strategy. So what you're right. looking for, and basically everybody at Social Media Marketing World talked about this in varying degree, right? Which is you are not, you if you if you start looking for an AI strategy for your company or for yourself, you will not find one. That's like trying to say, what's your telephone strategy? Or what's your, you know, what's your computing strategy, right? It's not, you have to find whatever your strategy is, your content creation process, your goal, your objective, your direction, and then figure out how the innovation of AI will help facilitate that in a faster, more meaningful way. That's, I think that's a great point. I think you do need an AI committee of that's some right. kind yep. that's, that has different part, portions of executive team and marketing and PR and communications and IT that are a group working together and figuring this thing out as a company. That's that right. has to happen. That's so. right. Well, speaking of that, very quickly here, we'll just cover this very, very quickly because it was, uh, I think this was open AI sort of like, you know, trolling Google a little bit because Google on the very same day launched their uh, Gemini Super Ultra Pro. But the weirdness was that another thing that they'd added literally just this week is, and so their PR timing is just weird here, is this Gemini for Google Workspace. So if any of you use Google Workspace, now you have access to Gemini, which is called Duet AI. Again, with the naming, it's just crazy here. So Duet AI for Google Workspace became Gemini for Google Workspace. Okay, on Wednesday to complete an update that includes personalized standalone experiences when logged into the Google system. Gemini for Workspace is now available in two subscription plans, the Gemini Enterprise add-on that replaces Duet AI for Workspace Enterprise and the Gemini business add-on at a lower price that provides access for a company's entire team or organization. Data privacy, of course, is an important part of this announcement. And Google basically has said with the two subscription services that has taken a stand on privacy with the Gemini business or the Gemini enterprise plan. Google ensures that conversations will not be used for advertising purposes, reviewed by human reviewers or used to train generative machine learning technology. And this comes to us courtesy, by the way, of Media Post, which has a wonderful article on this. Um, I have not tried it yet, but it looks interesting. This is obviously a shot over the bow of Microsoft with their co-pilot and integration with Office. So any take on this? The big are going to get bigger. Yeah, um, I don't yeah, think there's 100%. any way to stop it. I mean, we we when we talked about Microsoft integrating it into Bing and some of the other things that they were doing, you're like, wow, what an advantage Microsoft has because they already have a user base and this is an add-on component. I just want to check it out because I, I went into my, because we use, we're a Google company if you will our little company here and i yep. went in and said oh i can turn google workspace on it's like 14 dollars a user a month or whatever and i can yep. add the whole google gemini thing without doing anything else i'm already using all the tools and they're just going to ai right. it if you will so 
I mean, if you look at, <laughs> it's true, right? If you're, Mike, if you're, if you're going to bet on leaders, if you're going to bet on leaders, you're going to bet on Microsoft. You're going to bet on Google. OpenAI has this big lead already, yeah, but don't count out these other companies because they already have the huge user base. And Google, by yeah. the way, is the more is more threatened than any other company out there because did, I don't know if you were there when uh, Mike Stelzner asked the audience about how many people are using chat GPT versus for search. Have, were you there during that question? I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Anyways, he asked, he asked the I question. Was I was not. No, said, I didn't see that. Okay. So he asked the question. He said, how many people are using uh, something like a chat GPT versus Google for search? And half the room raised their hands that they were doing that. That is totally wow. disrupting right. the search business. I didn't expect yeah, that. Of course. Because I already, because you and I have talked about how much wrong information is in that data set right now. That's right. It is, yep. and of course, on search as well. But uh, it's accentuated, I think, in AI. So it that's a concern. And, and Google's going to be the most aggressive, I think, of any yeah. company. Out I there. think it's going to be, I mean, I think it's really every day when there's a new announcement from Google, Microsoft, or OpenAI, I just have to imagine that these startups, uh, so many of them are going, damn it. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just another, I mean, truly, it's uh, it, it's going to get really consolidated quickly. I think. Yeah, uh, I think I to agree. your point. I agree. Well, speaking of consolidated, speaking of getting the big getting bigger, because we are big and we are getting bigger, and the reason that we're getting bigger is because we can pay a few bills. Why should we pay a couple of bills here? I think we have to. All right. Alley oops don't happen without team chemistry, and your leads go nowhere if you aren't on the same page with sales. Yeah, I get it. And HubSpot, they get it too. That's why they created Sales Hub. It's an all-in-one platform built with all the tools you need for your team's success. Smarter prospecting? Check. Faster revenue? Yep. Scales with you? Yeah, sure does. You ready to help your sales team reach an all-star selling status? Head to HubSpot.com sales to try Sales Hub for free. Want a new podcast for your 2024 listening? Well, we can make that happen. In fact, why don't you try Make It Happen Monday, hosted by John Barrows. It's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Make It Happen Monday offers actionable sales tips to close more business and interviews industry leaders. Host John Barrows includes his insight as a leading B2B sales trainer and founder of J. Barrows Consulting. One recent episode I loved featured Jason Tan, a B2B expert in AI and the founder of Engage AI. Check it out. Make it happen Monday, wherever you get your favorite pods. I was all hyped up because of this AI talk, but then I listened to that beautiful music you put together. Now I'm, just, yeah. I'm at peace. Whatever happens, That's whatever, right. whenever the robots take over, there it is. I will be, I will be at peace. You will be at peace. That's all That's you can right. do. There's nothing we can do about it. We've let, <laughs> let... It's as like, as the famous no going Clayton, back as the famous Clayton Christensen quote goes, "You might hate gravity, but gravity doesn't care." <laughs> <laughs> That's a great quote. Yeah, I love right. that. All right, what do we that. got? What's we next? got. So we're going to talk about this. Is the rest of the news, and we, there was a lot of to cover, but for the sake of time, we're going to focus in on one thing, which was some, uh, you know, uh, our good friend and family of the show, Nick Ogle. He sent over this link to this YouTube video and had us both watch it. And it's from this YouTuber named James Smith. And if you haven't seen James Smith, um, I I didn't know about this guy either. either. Um, and watched a few of his videos. And he's 
I mean, he's he's very profane. He's an English guy, very profane, but very I I found him very funny and charming. And for some of the videos that he put out, and he his basically his thing is to debunk a lot of the stuff that you see on TikTok, a lot of the stuff that you know the claims, the the sort of you know hucksters that are out there. And he he talks a lot about that. And interestingly, the video that Nick had sent over to us was him talking about podcasting and how there was so much misinformation getting spread on podcasting. And he talked about this idea of, uh, in the video, talks about this idea of how like guests on Joe Rogan or guests on other commercial podcasts, and he uses Joe Rogan a lot for the obvious reason, because Joe is a big podcaster, are part of the monetization scheme, right? So you end up having the situation where there are sponsors of the show and then there are guests who are somehow tied to the sponsors of the show and basically pull in. And it's all basically built around this business of misinformation and getting clicks and getting views and sort of this sort of vicious cycle where you put out something that's worth hate watching, right? Because you just want to see how ridiculous it's going to be. And that becomes the reason to have a guest that's really hard or really full of misinformation or says outrageous things so that you build this viewership that can then sell more sponsorships, which then feeds more guests and so on and so forth. And it's sort of this ongoing machine that he talks about. And he talks about how we've really lost the game when it comes to great content quality on podcasts, especially because of this sort of monetization scheme with uh, and how guests fit into that. Um, I definitely have a take on this, but would love to get yours, um, given it's about a content creator idea and how monetization happens. But so what did what do you think about this? Well, what I learned was that uh, he's, he's basically saying shows that have no guests are superior. <laughs> there you go there you go uh it's funny i talked to somebody the other day about hey i want to should i find a good co-host or should i get uh, do a q a guest that everybody else does and i said hey if you have a co-host you have a good repertoire with that good good feel good vibe with the other person it's a heck of a lot easier because you and i don't have to schedule around any guests we just have to schedule around each other and we're done. We pretty much do it at the same time every yeah. week. And it works out really, really well. And we like each other. We're friends. And we would probably talk about this stuff anyways. And we just hit record. So that's wonderful. I see the point. Is James, is it James, the the podcaster? James Smith? James, What's yeah. His name? James Smith is his name. Yeah. So yeah, it's super interesting. I watched it a couple times just to get a feel. And it's almost like the these big podcasts that are getting most of the watches out there are trying to one-up each other. With controversy, yep, that's right, and the and they're being incentivized to bring on people that have misinformation because it's the most controversial. And if you go back into some of these guests that they have, and you look, and you're like, okay, this one's saying this, but this one's saying something different. This one's saying something completely different, and they're not based in any research or fact. It's just somebody's expert's opinion. And you're like, now you really, it really does make sense why a lot of this information gets out there because you've got. 10 or 15 of the biggest podcasts in the world, just spreading out information that is not necessarily hundred percent correct. Yeah. yeah. And they're, and they're incentivized to do that because they get more money, get, get more watches, anything more controversial. I mean, you and I have had a couple episodes where we talk about some controversial stuff and those are the biggest hits. Yeah, they are. Absolutely. So absolutely. Get, yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think here's what I think. I think this is, this was, this is one of those things where 
it was inevitable, right? This is an inevitability that was that was going to happen. And what I mean by that is that, look, the model here is not new. This this model is is at its core, at its very core, is actually a good model that has been had since. Well, let's go back to the Tonight Show, right? I mean, all the way back to sort of uh, talk shows of the you know the fifties, the sixties, into the seventies, eighties, nineties, et cetera, et cetera. The idea is. You bring guests onto a show because that's why people tune into the show is to see whoever you're going to have as a guest. And they say crazy stuff. They do they do fun things. They do entertaining things. And so, you know, for The Tonight Show or for Late Night with David Letterman or for Andy any Kaufman, of, you think Andy, about. Right. right. They think about all those things. Their whole goal, their shtick was to bring on celebrities so that they could promote hey tonight we're going to have andy kaufman on or tonight we're going to have you know john wayne or tonight we're going to have elizabeth taylor or tonight we're going to have you know jerry seinfeld you know whoever it was right they're bringing on these guests who you're like oh i love that guy you know or i love that woman oh i love that person i'm going to come and tune in for that and so the interesting so what ends up happening is is as we start to democratize media and there are more and more and more channels and more and more and more competition and more and more and more things you the you can see the inevitability having to happen because it's not just about who you have on but it's about what they're going to say right and so you can see it even in the talk show in the in sort of the whether it's podcasting whether it's television whether it's anything it's not just who's on, but what is it that they stand for or, or say, you know, you'll never believe what this star said at the one minute mark. Right. And so that becomes the way to pierce the noise of all of the things that are out there that are competing with you. And then you get to a status where there's a have and have nots. Right. So somebody like Joe Rogan, somebody big shows are going to get the big controversial people because their audience will not only tolerate it, but they'll also feed into it. And, and the guest wants to be there because that's the key. So even going back to the talk show days, it was all about, does the guest want to be on, right? So in other words, it was it's called the get, right? Where, you know, if you're Johnny Carson, you're going to get John Wayne or you're going to get a big star. If you're a small little local talk show on TV, you're not going to get a big star. So the bigger you are, the bigger star you can get, the more provocative they can be. And that's it's a machine that feeds in on itself. So the monetization model here is nothing new. What's new is how we've crossed a line into where what truth and misinformation and distrust is that is feeding the frenzy of saying, not only am I going to watch because I'm entertained, but I'm going to watch, I'm going to hate watch because it's so ridiculous or it's so controversial or it's so provocative. And that seems, you know, that's the, you know, all publicity is good publicity idea where it, you know, if you're really just after clicks and views and, and being provocative, it's, it's a, you can do that, but at the risk of what, at the risk of becoming ridiculous, right? The risk of becoming in television world, the risk of becoming Maury Povich or in the risk of Joe Rogan, you know, and if you want to live with that brand, you live and die with that brand, right? But if you don't, yeah. you've got to be, you've got to create trust with your audiences. Well, when there were minimal channels, you had standards and that's right. There were regulators that could watch exactly. those. I mean, how, if you watch private parts from Howard Stern, you'll see that they were on him all the time until he moved to Sirius XM and then he could do whatever he wanted to. And that's what, 
there's no regulation. There's yeah. you can live and you like, you know, I talk about the content tilt, the differentiation point all the time. I hate to say it, but the best way to go is super controversial. You go down that controversy yeah. rabbit hole and you're much more likely to break out than if you're just talking about something that is not. Well, that's, that's you know, and that's that, scary. Right. And that's Section 230, right? That's the Section 2 for here in the U.S. anyway. That's Section 230, the social media immunity law, where basically on, on a social media platform, and that includes podcasting, by the way, you can pretty much say whatever the hell you want, right? Yeah. On television, on broadcast TV, no, 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 no. You cannot say whatever the hell you want. And that's that's a real big question that Congress is going to have to figure out because that's, you know, that level of misinformation across networks, you know, whether it's Facebook, Spotify, X, whatever, has to get sorted out if, if misinformation and sort of all of this stuff that's happening now is going to get figured out. I don't know if it, I I'm not confident that that's going to happen. I don't, I'm not I think, either. I'm I think not people either. Yeah. will continue to choose their realities with look, look, I, and I, and like, I chose apparently that I wasn't getting information on Caitlin Clark. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm very disappointed by that. Yeah. Well, that's the do? algorithm. That's the algorithm working against you right there is that it doesn't, you don't discover new things. You basically see the echo chamber of what it is you've, you've, you know, it's, it's basically optimized to keep you optimized into what has kept you interested. It doesn't it doesn't surprise and delight you. And that's because I a watch hard a lot of NBA clips and I don't watch a lot of WN. I bet you if I was watching WNBA, I would have been seeing Caitlin Clark. WNBA. Stuff. All right. <laughs> Let's move along here to our hits and misses segment where we'll quickly go through a winner and a loser from the last week uh, or so. Because, of course, we were off last week with uh, Joe uh, and his wonderful vacation. So last week or so, hits or misses, bigger winner, bigger loser in the marketing world. Uh, do you want to go first or shall I go first? I'll go quickly. Uh, you, you have to go with NVIDIA for the win. NVIDIA released their results. As we are speaking, they released them today. 265% uh, increase amazing. in revenue. Uh, they went from something like $1 billion to $12 billion in profit for the quarter it the the demand for ai chips is booming and nvidia owns 80 percent of that market now there is some talk about us you know, sam altman competitor and some other competitors mm. that are that are going to be competing with nvidia but right now they are I, i've never seen robert a company this mature this old that grows this quickly 76 percent uh, gross margin 76 percent gross margin and the reason I'm bringing it up is not because, hey, if you own the NVIDIA stock and you're feeling pretty good about yourself. It's I the do. Fact I feel very good about myself. Yeah, and right I now. do, too. <laughs> I do as well. Um, and I have for a while. So we're yeah. all happy about that. But I think the fact is, is that we're seeing this demand. You and I just talked a little bit about, you know, what's nine months, what's 12 months, what's 15 mm. months away. You're you're they're They're beefing up the technology. Yep. The chips is there. Chips are there. And we're going to be able to see some. Uh, some programming possibilities that weren't weren't happening before, just because the the tech didn't catch up yet. It's, yep, it seems and, like Nvidia is getting there, and 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 because of that, that's why you're seeing so much comp competition flow to that area right now. Yep, and by the way, just as a side note, they've avoided the same mistake that Intel made and that others in the chip business made. Remember, Nvidia doesn't actually manufacture chips. All of that is outsourced for them. They don't, they, there's no manufacturing facilities that they design and basically 
create all of the technology for it, but they that's don't actually. Their gross margins are so yeah, high. That's oh, it's amazing. It's, it's amazing. Really incredible. And I'm I'm surprised that Apple hasn't gone further down uh, down that path. I know they do their own chips and things, but it it just it surprises me that they didn't see this one coming. To be honest, yeah, yeah. Well, they I think they did, but they're just they're they're looking at. I mean, there was some questions about Apple acquiring somebody and I can't remember it was, but it, it was, they were going to acquire somebody in this space. And, and I think it's the same kind of thing. I mean, but it's a very specialized ship, right? This is the reason yeah. they're, they're, they're doing so well is AI here, right? I mean, AI and the compute, the needs for compute are high, 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 and only getting more thirsty. So yeah, I think this has got a long runway. Yeah. So what's, uh, what's up with Paramount? Paramount. Well, okay. So Paramount had their Super Bowl, right? So you could actually watch it on Paramount streaming. Um, you could, of course, it was on CBS, which of course is owned by Paramount and it's all one big happy family there. So Paramount has a huge hit. Most watched, by the way, most watched telecast of all time, breaking last year's Super Bowl record. So it's the most watched telecast of all time. Um, huge success. And then literally a week later, they lay off 800 employees. Um, now I'm sure that was in the works. I, you know, you just don't lay off 800 employees without being, that being a months long process, but from a marketing and communication standpoint, from a corporate communication standpoint, just stupid, just the, I mean, just, I mean, I can't imagine somebody sitting in a meeting and going, I know Let's make the announcement that we're laying off 800 people the week after we had the biggest success of our yep. of our company's existence. And it's just an amazingly huge lack of awareness uh, from 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 a communication strategy to to do this because and, and you know, and I get it, right? These things are you you can't sort of, you know, they have to be. I mean, you, it's not like you can delay the announcement when you've actually done the layoffs, but to not be in alignment with this is is just a, a complete miss in my mind of of where corporate comms and and the rest of the organization of, that's doing things um, are. Uh, and I'm I'm sure it wasn't corporate comms' decision, right? I'm sure if somebody in corporate communications is going, I, you know, what what are you going to do? I, I I you know I can't. I can't delay the announcement when we're doing this thing and nobody let me, you know, it's, if, uh, it's just a crazy miss, crazy, bad miss. It, it almost feels like be, a lot of this surge in technology and AI and other things that are going on that chief executives are paying attention to. I think some of the, the eye is off the ball, if you will, with corporate communications and internal PR and those, these, these silly little mistakes seem to happen more and more. Right. Yeah. Not well thought out as part of the internal. And we talked about it before, like before you market externally to any customers or prospects, you want to focus on your internal marketing. That is the yeah. most important thing. Internal communications is the most important thing you can do. Did you as an organization? Did, did you see the Zuckerberg video that went a little viral of him sort of sort of uh, throwing the Apple Vision Pro under the all bus? I saw was that he thought that that his Oculus was better. Oh, oh that, shocking there. Right. I yeah. mean, but you know, I, and, but I didn't, I didn't know what, what specifically happened with that. Yeah. It's just, it, it's just an interesting, it's an interesting corollary here of, of, of meta obviously doing something in communications and making a decision either driven by Zuckerberg or driven by the corp comms or the, the marketing team to say, Hey, listen, let's do a, a fun video of you 
sort of breaking down the Apple Vision Pro and everything that's got going on with it and critiquing it and basically comparing it, to me, it very much came across as defensive. It came across it. It, it wasn't to me, it was a wrong move. Um, and, and I know a lot of people disagree with that, but to me, it was a wrong move because it basically validates what Apple is doing in the space and basically saying, oh, by the way, we're here too. Um, and, and we, you know, we've got better stuff. We promise, we promise. It's sort of the Avis tries harder sort of thing. We're number yeah. two and we're proud of it. Um, so it shows that they're worried about it. And to me, it was a wrong move, but you know, a lot of people might disagree with that. I, I, I don't know if Zuckerberg has a formal strategy. No, <laughs> well, I'm not sure. this. it's like Google and their naming strategies. <laughs> Nor does yeah. he have to probably. Yeah. I mean, when you're making that much money, there is a little bit. Uh, oh, my gosh. It is a bit disconcerting when you look at the big seven companies and how much money they are making right now. Right. It, we've we've never we've never seen anything like this. It's As a, just, you can go back. Yeah. You can go back 100 years. The percentage may be back to the oil baron days. Yeah, but this is very hard to see this type of inequity when it comes to seven companies. It is indeed. and the profit that they're taking in. It is indeed. So. All right, let's get to our last segment here, which of course is our rants and rave section, where we go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave over something that makes us feel like, oh, I guess it makes us feel like we've just listened to Beyonce, right? Beyonce, a little hoedown, um, and. Uh, I, the song is so good. The song is so I'm good. Gonna, I love after this, this song. after this episode, I, I'm gonna have to listen to it again. It's so yeah. good. Listen to the whole thing. It's really great. I will. The, the, I will. Very catchy. Very very I catchy will. tune. Um. Anyway, so uh, let's see. Rants and raves. You want to go first, or my commentary? Or why don't you, you go? Why don't you go? You do your. Commentary I'll go first. First. Fantastic yes. news. Um. Okay. <laughs> so let's look at uh, AI again very quickly here. So this comes to us courtesy of Axios, uh, the news article that we'll link to in the show notes anyway. And it's basically that the New York times, which we've talked about many times as one of the more successful publishing, uh, models out there, they will debut a new generative AI ad tool this year. What does that mean? Well, apparently sort of according to Axios, the New York times is recruiting partners to test this new ad targeting solution using generative AI beginning next quarter, uh, said executives. Um, it plans to make the new tool widely available to marketers in the second half of this year, meaning 2024. And why that matters, says Axios, is that they started working on these efforts long before they filed their big lawsuit against OpenAI and Microsoft for the copyright infringement thing that they're working on. But basically, says the chief advertising officer, uh, someone named Joy Robbins, that, that, that this obviously demonstrates, they say, uh, what we believe Gen AI is an enabler and can be something that is effective for our businesses when used responsibly, which absolutely says nothing. Um, basically, the tool, as I understand it and read the description, is going to be basically they're going to use multiple large language models, which think of, you know, like a chat GPT and using the Internet as its language model. But basically, I'm assuming that they're going to use some level of the corpus of The New York Times as their large language model and basically give you uh, the idea of optimizing your ad by using that. So it's sort of like and it's not creating content necessarily, as I understand it. It's basically looking at the way that it's going to organize where you should place your advertising. It's an automatic placement of advertising, not necessarily a creation of the advertising itself. This to me 
is probably going to be a miss. I mean, I, I, I love that. In fact, you know, I mean, look, it's using AI, I'm sure to get everybody excited and the marketing behind it. You don't need AI to do that. AI might make it better. I don't know. We'll have to see it in action when it happens. But to me, the more interesting version of what programmatic advertising or automated placement would be would not be the placement of ads within the context of news stories, but rather to combine the first party data of the audience that you have with the corpus of the context of the article that they're looking at and have generative AI actually develop a call to action ad on the fly. In other words, the ad that I get when I go to an article about the, you know, the Wall Street, you know, what's happening on Wall Street in the business book section of uh, the New York Times is a different ad than you, Joe, would get, right? So it would do something using our, our, you know, the data that they have on us, what we like, what we resonate with, what we do, and versus um, their, you know, the context of the actual article that we're looking at, and thus have personalized ads that you can actually converse with. That you could actually, you know, imagine a banner ad that sort of talks to you, Joe, and says, hey, by the way, here's something that's really interesting. Maybe you want to take a vacation. Maybe you want to open an account with Schwab. Maybe you want to whatever it is. Sure. Sort of puts in the ad in there, and it knows something about you based on your history. And you can actually type in there, what do you mean? What do you got for me? And then it gives you a personalized offer based on that sort of thing. That's the interesting ad tool that I'm waiting for that I think would be really interesting. Basically, conversing and talking with advertising paid media not just sort of placement of ads so we'll see we'll see maybe if it goes there or not but this to me is like meh i don't care but if it turns into something like what i just talked about well now we're talking about something interesting i always thought that uh that point in the minority report with tom cruise would be so far off like i would never see that in my lifetime where he goes up to the gap and he could see himself and he's talking to the now i'm pretty sure that that's like what you just said seems like, why don't we do that? Yeah, <laughs> it's that's altogether right. feasible. That's you right. have the data set. You have all my data, you know, exactly. Like princess knows exactly where I'm going, wherever that's I spend right. my time, they can, they can sculpt anything and I could talk. They've got all the data to have a conversation with me. A relevant conversation. Choose a voice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of nuts. Um, you know, it kind of le well leads in again, this seems like an, another AI episode. Have you watched the Billy Joel video uh that he has on. for the new song no for the I new song not. i have you not. have not watched it i have not watched it so billy joel has a new song uh that he put out um turn the lights back on is the name mm. of the song it's a really good standard billy joel like i think it's a fan Meh. service song i think it's Meh. a fan service. i think if you're a fan of billy Meh. joel you well okay you know whatever a lot of people Meh. that are fans really like it the uh the video itself basically starts with billy in the 70s and it's billy joel singing the song as he is in the 70s it goes through the 80s and it goes through oh the i'll go look at that that sounds interesting it's, yeah. it's pretty incredible now can you tell a little bit that it's not billy a little sure. bit but you're it's so close that you forgive it you actually think right. that you're watching billy right. sing that song through it's it, it's not it's not robert de niro in the irishman bad <laughs> But it's, no, it's, 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 it's probably one level up from that. You know? Well, first, so first Indiana Jones in, in the, uh, in the last movie. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's yeah. closer to that, but it's yeah. pretty, it's pretty darn good. Uh, and then they show the real images of Billy at the end of the video. And you're like, oh yeah, that's really close to, to, and then he ends with it's Billy Joel at age 74. 
Yeah. And, um, and it, uh, I mean, I've watched it several times and I'm amazed by it and I try to pick up new things every time, but this is what I was, this is, I think what's coming and I want to see, get your take and see if you agree with me. I do. I, think, I, I agree. hundred percent. I, I agree that this is actors. Um, I mean, this is what the actor strike was all about, right? I mean, well, in, in so many ways was that once I have the, you know, once we have the, once we have you right on film, we can, there's, I mean, there's a thing in, there's a thing in movies called ADR, right? Where you go back and you, uh, you know, when they couldn't get right sound or, there was too noisy of a play, you know, like if you're filming in front of an airport or something and you're trying to have a conversation or on a street or something like that, they often have to do what's called ADR, which is basically or called looping where you come in as an actor and you watch yourself on the screen and you sort of match what you do in a studio and it gives you a nice sound right for the voice. They don't need to do that anymore. That, I mean, they can, they basically can take your voice, duplicate it and basically put you, put you up there and have your, it, they don't even need you to act it out, right? Yeah. They just basically have you, they say, and ah, we'll do that and, you know, we'll do that in post, right? And it's going to be a fascinating thing to watch. Well, and it, yeah, if you talk about what Andrew Davis did at the event where he has it all set up and said, hey, do this promo video. It, uh, he he had the AI do the video in English that looked like you, we know Drew and we knew that was not Drew, that's but right. nobody else would know Like that's Drew. And then he, he spoke Norwegian and did that whole one and you're like oh my god like yep. this, what what the heck is going on um here's what i think is going going to happen i think in the next year or two elvis is going to come out with a new album okay you're going to have in five years you're going to have the beatles come out you're going to have so these things i think are going to happen because the estates are going to own their name image likeness rights yep. and they're going to be able to put this out they say hey you, here's elvis's voice what would elvis you know the and i'm trying to think of for you and I, like, what do I need to do as a content creator now? Do I want to just protect against this or do I want to lean into it and where I can, uh, I mean, this is really crazy stuff because, and it might be totally stupid, but I could say, okay, I'm well enough known now that I can keep this going for another 50 years and I can keep creating content even when I'm gone. Yep. Uh, it seems silly, right? But it, it's happening. And when I when that's what I thought of when I saw the Billy Joel song, I'm like, Billy didn't need to be alive to do that. <laughs> right. That's right. That's exactly right. In fact, they didn't need him at all. Probably, they didn't other need than, Billy Joel at all to do yeah. that. And then you're like, oh, my God. So what does this mean for yeah. they didn't even need him really to, to I mean, other than the fact that he wrote the song, they didn't really even need him to to do the original vocal, right? They could have had the old Billy Joel do it. You know, they could have do it. Because you have enough. Yeah, because you have enough. I mean, if you go to a company, not just 11 Labs, but 11 Labs is one of those, right? 11 Labs is one of those yeah, companies that right. you can feed in your voice and you can get an output. And I've done a little testing with mine. And I'm like, most of it's pretty good. Most of it. Yeah. Except, except I don't get like really excited or really low. Sometimes I sort of keep it even keel, but I'm sure that could change. Same with mine. Yeah. I mean, go listen to my, I mean, mine, I, I, as I've said on the show before, I did that deal with CMI and that, uh, that company and I'm forgetting their name right now, but every blog post I write for CMI now has my artificial voice reading the blog post, which if you don't know me, sounds a lot like me. If you do know me, it's yeah. close, but you can tell. Okay. So here I'm going to end on this. This is not a marketing thing. This is a safety okay. thing. Make uh -oh. sure you and your family, with oh, whatever yeah, have, happens, yeah. have a safe word. 
That's right. You need a safe word because this is starting to happen more and more. I actually know somebody that yep. they called their mom and said, you know, it was their voice and whatever yep. and, and knew enough information. To, it's, it's really scary. So you have to make sure you have that safe word. Say, okay, what's the safe word? I don't know. Yeah. Oof. My wife and I have one of the questions, scary. right? There, there are, there are a number of questions that we're going to ask each other that we both know the answer to that nobody else in the world knows the answer to. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if this is a positive episode or this not. This is a positive, little... totally positive episode. It's fun. Fun. You just, you just get all, you just get all grumpy about the, the end of the world. That's, yeah. You know, the end of the world's coming. We just, you know, you just got to party. <laughs> party like it's 1999, my friend. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Right. I'm, that You've changed my mind. I'm going to be positive go. now. Thank there you. There you go. Um, all right. What do you got this week? You, you, uh, you, you sticking around home? You, what's uh, I'm actually going to go to spring training with my youngest. Oh, that's so we're going to catch some guardians games. And I got, we got a friend there that I'm going to see. I'm very excited. And he's very excited. That's he's really into baseball news. now. And so, yeah, so we're going to have some fun doing that. How about you? Uh, I am home this weekend. I was traveling last week for some family things. Um, and then of course I had social media marketing world. So I'm a little behind on correspondence and stuff like that and, and creating some content that I want to create. And so I'm going to spend the weekend doing some content creation. And by the way, just being home and being with my lovely wife and sort of hanging out and, and, and doing things. And then, you know, it's work, 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 you know, back to work. Sounds wonderful. So you can get that AI, uh, you know, if you, if you can't spend all, I'm going to play around wife, with that. I, 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 I learned, I actually learned quite a bit from Drew's presentation on how to use chat GPT better. So it was, I am actually going to play around a little bit with that and start to build a little bit of a more personalized agent than I have now. And yeah. if we do really do a good job, maybe we actually don't have to show up for our episodes. And I would never not do that. I, I love my audience too much that this, this audience is too good to us to show up as could AI happen. doppelgangers. Could be possible. Yeah. I want to see if yeah. they could tell. I don't know if they can. All okay. right. Anyway. Let's get out of here. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate you. And just remember until we see you next week and we will see you again next week. Just remember everybody. It's your story to tell. Tell it well. We'll see you next week on this old marketing.